0: Left. Washington outside left. Roethlisberger, pass time, goes to the back of the end zone. And-
1: What is up, Football Nation? Welcome to the Football Nation Presents the Sportscasters Podcast. Uh, July 24th, 2012. The day that the first team started training camp. The Arizona Cardinals. Uh, one half of the Pro Football Hall of Fame game is into camp today. Larry Fitzgerald, I heard him on Rome earlier. He's uh, in camp, ready to go. Saints will start tomorrow. Other teams will trickle in between now and the next Football Nation Sportscasters Podcast. An exciting show for you today. Adam Rank from NFL.com, various shows on the NFL Network, and the Dave Damishek Football Program Podcast uh, is our guest today. We're looking forward to talking to Rank about fantasy football and some other stuff. Uh, but kind of an exciting time for football fans because what has been, what turned into kind of a long off season for whatever reason just seemed to drag there for a bit. It's essentially over. We're going to get lost a little bit in the Olympics and training camp stuff here for the next couple of weeks. And then before you know it, we're going to be into the watching hard knocks and camp is going to fly by and the season is going to start on a Wednesday night again this year to avoid a conflict with the Democratic National Convention. <laughs> so we get Wednesday night football for the first time since like the 1940s or something. And all very exciting but before we can get to any of that before we can get to adam Rank, before we can look at episodes or different articles on footballnation.com uh we have to start our show off with three things
0: let's play a game all right count of three one
1: all righty i'll take it off two the oil patterns on a pba lane are very very difficult I might be able to beat Jamarcus Russell at quarterback.
0: <laughs> this is the funnest night ever! <laughs> Did we just become best friends? Yep. Now let's move on to other business.
1: Alright, I'll get things started in three things today. And I was kind of surprised to see news on NFL.com that Brandon Whedon and the Cleveland Browns had gotten a contract done. And here's why. Because I had heard that Whedon was trying to squeeze a lot of guaranteed money out of the Browns, probably based on the fact that he's 28 years old already, and his four-year entry-level deal could be the deal that he needs to kind of cash in on. But uh, just one day after the Browns had agreed to a contract with Trent Richardson, the third overall pick, they agreed to a deal with the 22nd overall pick in Brandon Whedon. Uh, the Browns are expected to name Whedon the starter sooner than later. Uh, Colt McCoy could even be an ex-Brown by week one, according to Ian Rapoport of NFL.com. Uh, the AP reports that Whedon's contract is worth $8.1 million, according to a person... Uh, close to the deal. The word is that it's a three-year contract, so maybe that was the compromise on what he wanted guaranteed. Took one less deal. But I kind of love this era of slotting and just way less holdouts. I don't know how many first-round picks haven't signed yet. Can't be many. But it's not many, and I know that, well, my team didn't even have a first-round pick or a second-round pick this year, (laughs) but they have all of their draft picks ready to go for camp. And that's just great because it just means you're getting – the most out of your rookies. You know, if your rookies are in camp and learning the offense right away, that's when you have the most productive players. So, congratulations to Browns fans. Whedon is signed in what looked like could have been the one ugly one.
2: Yeah, this offseason compared to last year's is so much nicer. I mean, maybe not for the Saints up until this point, but for 29 other teams, it's way better than the There's this, the question marks around the league last year and. All that stuff that's not related to football. The Ocho Cinco News Network is reporting that Chad Ocho Cinco will be changing his name back to Chad Johnson. Yep, because of a girl. Is that why? Yeah, I guess he said his wife just was not
1: going to take the name of the Ocho number. Cinco, gotcha. She wanted to be Johnson. and He says he still adapts the Ocho Cinco persona. It's just his middle name now, Legend. Look, I, I
2: like... I like Chad Johnson. He's a good dude. He's he's a fun Twitter follow. He's a good guy. Uh, He's in Miami now, so I can't wish good things for him as a Bills fan. But uh, he's a likable guy and whatever. Good for him, I guess. (laughs) I mean, I think – I don't know.
1: He's fun, like you said. He's a good dude. He's never been a problem really anywhere. No. And – like you said, you can't root for him as a Bills fan. I can root for him a little bit. Sure. And I think even you can too, in the sense that he can have a much better year than he had last year and still not really hurt the Bills. Yeah, I, I mean I guess. I think if the, the Dolphins are... are
2: still a ways away from competing. Right if the Bills are worried about the Dolphins and they're having a bad season.
1: Uh, my second thing, kind of a cool story. I know it's been a tough week in the off season in terms of negatives with the rest, and Don's gonna get to that. But Uh, The Indianapolis Colts announced that Edrin James, the club's all-time leading rusher, will be enshrined on September 23rd in the Colts' ring of honor. Uh, James is one of the most popular players in the franchise's Indianapolis era. He'll take a well-placed spot. And I guess when I saw that James is going to the ring of honor, I thought, cool. And when you think of Colts' running backs, I think you think of three. Eric Dickerson, Marshall Falk, and Edrin James. What I didn't realize is how great some of the seasons James had in Indianapolis were. His rookie year in 1999, he had 1,500 yards rushing and 13 TDs. In his second year, he had 1,700 yards rushing and 13 TDs. His third season was the year that he had his ACL tear week six. His fourth season, he kind of eased back into it. And then in his next three seasons, his last three in Indianapolis, he had two more 1,500-yard seasons with... 13, 19 touchdowns each, and one twelve hundred 1,200-yard season with 11 touchdowns. So really underrated what a great career he had, and he had two really
2: strong seasons in Arizona as well. Is uh, he a Hall of Famer? I think he might be. Looking at the stats here, I Pro, mean— Pro Football Reference is a great site for this type of thing. Not to promote another site, but they kind of do something that I've never really seen another site do. But they break down really every stat about a player— and the one cool thing they do is they have similar players based on, like, how many years in his career. Like, through three years, he compared favorably to Emmett Smith, Thurman Thomas, Walter Payton, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but they also do through his career. So, so through his career, Edgeron James compares, numbers-wise, to Tiki Barber, uh, Thurman Thomas, Marshall Falk, LaDainian Tomlinson, Emmett Smith, Eric Dickerson. Mostly Hall of Famers. I uh, think he is. Yeah. I mean,
1: he's a four-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro. Two-time rushing champion. He's in the 10,000 yard rushing yards club. He's 11th leading rusher of all time. He's on the 2000 all-decade
2: team. He won a Super Bowl in 2008. He's third all-time in two-point conversions made. Oh, awesome.
1: <laughs> now that seals it then.
2: Yep. No, I, I think he is a Hall
1: of Famer. And he had a great career, and it's good for the Colts to honor him in their Wall of Fame. I would agree.
2: Okay, on my weekly negative uh, part here. The arrests. Unfortunately, they haven't slowed down this week. Kenny Britt arrested for DUI. Also, little lesser-known players, Aaron Barry cut. Of, the, of the Lions, cut after arrested for three counts of assault. So His second arrest since the offseason. And Donald Washington of the Chiefs got arrested for possession of marijuana, uh, driving under the influence of drugs, and speeding. Interesting stat about Kenny Britt. Since 2009, he has been arrested eight times. That's ridiculous. In that same span, he has 15 TDs. So his arrest-to-TD ratios for those keeping score at home is 8 to 15. That's not good. Uh, Pro Football I, Talk, among other sites, have started. profootballtalkmbcsportscom forward slash police blotter if you want to see. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. Not a good offseason for the NFL. I'm sh- in these guys conduct. need to get to camp. Yes, they it do. It is
1: time for all these guys to be in camp. To be under curfew, to be
2: on the field, to be too tired to be out at night. There was a lockout last year, and I don't feel like I heard this many stories. Now they should be getting ready for camp and getting working out a little bit on their own just so they don't go into camp fat or anything, and these guys can't stay out of trouble.
1: I mean, I give the Lions credit for Cut and Bait, where they did. That was a move that had to be done. Two arrests in one off season is two more than you should have, but definitely one more than should be tolerated. Right. It's going to be a busy year for the commissioner in terms of suspensions and the NFL player conduct policy. And, uh, yeah, if there's ever been a year where players need to get to camp, it's this year because it just seems like things have gotten out of hand.
2: Also on that, Des Bryant's mother we spoke about last month or week will not be pressing charges. Shocking. <laughs> yeah.
1: I thought for sure she'd ruin his career. <laughs> All right, my third thing is another kind of feel-good story. Congratulations to Mike Tomlin of the Steelers. We played the clip off the top of him getting a Super Bowl with the Steelers on the game-winning San Antonio Holmes touchdown pass from Ben Roethlisberger. Steelers announced today that they've extended Coach Tomlin's contract through 2016. Uh, Tomlin, 40, was entering the final year of his contract, although the team did have an option for 2013. Uh, Financial terms weren't released But Tomlin was the sixth-highest-paid coach of the NFL for this season, according to Forbes magazine. Uh, Quote, I'm excited that I'll continue to be the head coach of the Steelers for years to come. I'm grateful to the Steelers organization for the opportunity I've been given over the past five years to work and live in the great city. I'm excited to continue to work and bring another championship to the Steelers. Really cool stat we mentioned in our other podcast. Yeah, He is only the third coach in the Super Super Bowl Bowl era. era. For the Steelers, the other two being Chuck Knoll in the Hall of Fame and Bill Cower. Bill Cower, a potential Hall of Famer. So congratulations to the Steelers and the Steelers organization. And a great hire of Coach Tomlin and he's gonna be there for
2: years to come, probably as long as he wants to be. Yeah, we talked about that on the other on the other show. Cower was basically given a lifetime contract and chose to retire at some point in time. Uh, Tomlin got a three year deal or three-year extension, but I think in reality, unless something goes wrong, that's a a lifetime deal. As long as he wants to coach the Steelers, he'll be welcome there. My last thing this week, according to ESPN.com's camp previews, uh, the Jets' camp preview says the Jets will use Tebow as a red zone quarterback. That's strange. Uh, Already going into the offseason, it's kind of a circus there with the Jets. Really, ever since uh, Rex Ryan has been there, it's been a little bit of a circus, but they've been good in the past. Now they have picked up Tebow. Uh, they already don't have a lot of confidence in Sanchez. The locker room seems divided over Sanchez. This isn't going to help. Uh, if you're, if this is really a true statement and not just, I mean, they haven't even gone to camp yet, so I mean, I don't know how much stock you can put into this. But if they're really going to use Tebow as a red zone quarterback, what that tells me is they don't have a quarterback. Uh, Drew Brees a few year or a few years ago when. Michael Vick was talked about. One of his landing spots potentially supposedly was the Saints, which didn't make any sense, and the Saints basically came out and said as much, why would we ever take Drew Brees out of the game and what situation would that be valuable? And again, like if you had Brees, Rodgers, Rivers, either the Mannings, are you ever taking them out for Tim Tebow? No way. If you have Alex Smith, are you taking him out for Tim Tebow? No. Right. So
1: I just don't even want to open my starter up to that. You know, Tim Tebow comes in and throws a three-yard touchdown pass. So I'm supposed to open my starter up to criticism of, well, why didn't you throw a touchdown pass? Well, I didn't have the chance to throw the three-yard pass. And if that's you're just gonna, ridiculous. if
2: you're gonna do something similar to the wild card to get, because I guess if you have the quarterback off the field, you have a bigger body on the field to block. Okay, I get that, but why not just use a running back in that spot? then? someone that's paid to do that. On our other show, in the past, we were like a talking, Joe
1: McKnight type.
2: Sure. On on our other podcast over at sports-casters.com, we've talked in the past about how playing goaltender in Montreal is probably the hardest position in any sports. Real difficult. Fans are brutal. Mm -hmm. Boy, the Jets starting quarterback this year might might surpass that. Uh, I do not envy Mark Sanchez. And, again, I'm a Bills fan, so I've kind of hated the Jets in the past, but I almost feel for Sanchez a little bit. I just feel like this is like a a no-win situation for him unless he just – Tears it up right out of the gate. He's really never been given a chance there. And uh, when he has, he hasn't had a ton of success. So it's, he's in a tough spot.
1: Yeah, really difficult. And I just I, I just can't believe that the Jets didn't just fully commit to him. Timo? No. Oh, Sanchez. To Sanchez. Just yeah. fully commit. I guess, I mean, his first two years, they're, they're in the AFC Championship game. And sure, he had his moments, but. I just think they're opening them up to a lot of criticism, a really difficult spot, and I think for both guys it's going to be difficult. More difficult for him as Tebow doesn't have to do a lot, I suppose, and Tebow's going to be always the guy that people are going to be clamoring for. But
2: yeah, I don't, I don't dislike Tebow either. It's just an odd position to put your starting quarterback in. He's kind of a different, he's kind of a quarterback we've never seen before, in that he's really not really. Used as a quarterback.
1: You know what I think this is? This is one of those situations where you're just glad it's not your team. Like, I'm Absolutely. sure fans of every NFL team this summer are like, I'm glad I'm not a Saints fan and my team isn't going through that. Sure. And I think every team is going to be saying, I'm glad my team, every other non-Jets fan is like, I'm glad my team doesn't have Tim Tebow and Mark Sanchez in quarterback and bringing one guy out to show up the other one or whatever and having these controversies and questions, it's why the Bills were so quick to shoot down any potential controversy with Vince Young. Vince Young, right. They were so quick to say he's only here to compete for number two, and we're only trying to make number two better. And I guarantee the Bills aren't going to be bringing in Vince Young week one for on the two-yard line No, to do some trick plays because it just undermines Fitzpatrick's role on the team, and I think teams are going to be glad that they're
2: not the Jets but and hey this is what the Jets do that's why more than any other sport too that quarterback is the most important position in any sport there's maybe six teams or so that have a solid, solid I mean every, a lot of teams have their guy but m- most teams can improve in one way or another uh, look at Phillip Rivers when he they, he they moved out Breeze for him because Breeze had a bit of an injury that year but there's Guys like Rogers, Breeze, those guys are safe. As fans of those teams, you can lock them in for ten years or whatever, and not have to worry about this type of thing. Every other team in the league that has a guy that's kind of middle of the road, like Sanchez or the Bills with like Fitzpatrick, uh, you always have to worry about silly things like quarterback controversies, and it just it doesn't work to rotate quarterbacks. In the NHL goaltending, you can rotate a little bit, and some teams have had a little bit of success with it, but. If you're rotating guys, it's because you don't have a guy. And the Jets, I think, are going to find out this year, maybe the hard way that they don't have a guy. And we'll see how that locker room holds up.
1: All right, so that's going to do it for our three things segment this week. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back, talk to Adam Rank from NFL.com, NFL Network, Dave Dameshek football program. And then we'll be back on the show at the very end, closing off and look at a couple articles around Football Nation. So we'll be right back. Our guest today is a native of Southern California and is a graduate of Cal State, Fullerton. He's a stand-up comedian, gives fantasy advice on NFL.com, and is the co-host of the Dave Davishek Football Podcast. A warm football nation presents the sportscaster's welcome to one of the funniest guests we've ever had on the show
0: very talented Adam Rank. What's up, Rank? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. I appreciate the plug as the co-host of the Dave (laughs) Damashek football program. Some people say sidekick. I am often referred to as the Regis Philman to his Joey Bishop. But I like co-host. That sounds so much better. (laughs) Co-host does sound pretty good. So,
1: you know, finally, it seems like we waited and we waited and waited. And finally, training camps are starting this week. I guess the first thing I want to ask you is just a real general thing. And this is the first time you've been on the Football Nation uh, version of the Sportscasters podcast. And maybe there's some people who are new to you or some of the things you do at NFL.com. And I guess the first thing I want for you to do for our listeners on the Football Nation side is just kind of lay out all the things that you're going to be doing during the football season for NFL Network and NFL.com, so we know all the different places to find you because you do some fantasy stuff, the podcasting we mentioned, and the website. Just lay it all out for us so we know all the different places we can find you during football season.
0: I think you're going to give me an anxiety attack if I have to go out and try to lay all this out, and it'll seem so daunting, but its I've been looking at the schedule and a lot of great things. In in the football season, it's upon us and all these things are coming up. we got NFL.com, Fantasy Live, Starting once again, I will be on that show again, dispensing fantasy football advice. Not only on that, also online on NFL.com, on our fantasy section, doing my like-dislike column. We'll have Adams 11, which will be a sleepers column. This season, we'll do other stuff. The pick six will still be going on. We debuted another column over the summer called the Gridiron Breakdown, where I kind of take two things and we kind of hash it out face to face, you know, and get over that. So we'll be doing all that stuff. The Dave Damashek football program will again continue to roll on. We like to do that twice a week. We're we're getting into a little bit of a rhythm of doing that. And also NFL and NFL A. M. is starting this year. I'll be on that. Actually the first week of NFL AM starts next week on July thirtieth. I will be on either Wednesday or Friday. I'm not really sure, but I'll be on during the uh, during the season also talking Fantasy, and then, you know what? And I'm around Southern California doing comedy. I'm all over the place. It's all fun. It doesn't seem like work, but it's busy. All
1: right, let's start and talk a little bit of fantasy football. And we have talked to Michael Fabiano a bit so far this season. We also talked a little bit to Jay Clemens. And the one thing that I started both those guys off with, and I'm curious to get your opinion, is it's pretty easy for us to just kind of agree that Ray Rice and LaShawn McCoy and Arian Foster – will be the top three running backs this year. But it seems like a lot of people want to put Chris Johnson into that top four, five, or six or so. And Donovan and I have been a little bit hesitant to do that. Where do you kind of stand on Chris Johnson and kind of what do you expect uh, to see from him after having a disappointing season last year?
0: Yeah, his disappointing season can be tied back to his holdout. He wasn't in shape. Now remember, not only was he holding out, we had a lockout last year. So these guys were not in football shape, and you can tell the people that it really hurt and those who really took it seriously. Like somebody obviously like Drew Brees went out and was prepared. He kept his team together during the lockout, and that's why he went out and passed for 5,000 yards. Somebody like Chris Johnson, admittingly, wasn't working out as hard. He suffered 40. He might have been the biggest fantasy bust of all time, as people have uh, been pointing out. But here's the thing is that he's coming back. Now he knows what he needs to do to get ready. He's going to be in shape this year. It reminds me similarly of what Emmett Smith did in 1993. He had a holdout, came back. He missed a couple of games. He came back, rushed well, didn't get into the end zone, which was a big thing for Chris Johnson last year. He just wasn't scoring touchdowns. That's going to change this year. He's going to be back. He's going to be running. He's going to be getting into the end zone, and it doesn't matter if it's Matt Hasselbeck or if it's Jake Locker. Chris Johnson is going to be the guy who's going to be the focal point of that offense. He'll be back. He'll be in the end zone. And yeah, he's, I don't know if you go in the top 10 with him, but he's easily the number four running back right there with guys like Ryan Matthews and DeMarco Murray.
1: You know, it seems like this year I've noticed on a lot of draft manifestos and things of those kind that people have said, you know, yeah, running back's still at the top of round one, but seems like people have loosened to the point of we have to have a running back in round one. What non-running backs would you be willing to draft in, say, the first 12 of a fantasy
0: league? Well, you know, there used to be a time where you were talking 10, 12, maybe 15 number one running backs who you could count on. Everybody had to have one. Now, it's not that way. And you're either going to have one of your bell cow running backs, and it was the guys that you mentioned, Arian Foster, LaShawn McCoy, Ray Rice, your bell cows who you can count on to go up and put huge fantasy numbers on the board. They'll come out in the first round. Otherwise, you're going to have to do what a lot of teams – you'll probably have to run like a Mike Shanahan-type running system where you're just circling guys in and out. Yeah, I'll be running my own version of Shanahanigans, I guess. But, yeah, you're going to be rotating guys, and if, if, let's say, you fall out of the top five, And you have a choice, and you're looking at, well, you know, do I pick a quarterback? Do I pick somebody like Drew Brees? Do I go with a receiver like Calvin Johnson right there? Or do I take a risk on a guy like Ryan Matthews? Or somebody like Chris Johnson, who comes with a really big inherent risk. Even Darren McFadden, who a lot of people are high on. i not so much. So you really have to balance that. So if I miss on one of the top three guys, I'm going quarterback. And if I miss on one of those quarterbacks, I hope – I have a, I have a, a chance to get Calvin Johnson, and then you're going to have to go back and you're going to be like, you know what, now I'm taking my chances with guys like McFadden, probably not, but DeMarco Murray, maybe Matt Forte, MJD. I mean, I don't want to go with that guy because, you know, he, the tread is on the tires. So if you're not top three, you're going to be looking at like, you know what, I hope I can find somebody, maybe Fred Jackson you get a couple of rounds later, and instead I'm going to go quarterback probably get an elite wide receiver. And then, you know what, if I'm in the third round and I get a chance for somebody like Jimmy Graham, you know what, that's where I'm going to go.
1: You mentioned uh, a sleepers column. Give us, uh, give us a couple names. Who are a couple of your sleepers this year? You know, I, I've heard a lot of people are really into our Isaac Redman this year, you know, with Mendenhall maybe starting on PUP. Who are some of the guys that you're kind of identifying as potential sleepers?
0: Look at you acting act, acting like I should have researched this already. How dare you? <laughs> now, there's going to be sleepers. There's going to be guys. I don't know if Miles Austin count, counts as a sleeper, but I want to use, use him as an example of a guy who last year, and this goes back to what I was talking about with Chris Johnson, didn't work out as hard, and he admitted it. You know, And he said, you know what, I didn't work out as hard. Laron Robinson was able to come in and take a uh, take all of his production, you know, all those numbers that you're used to Miles Austin having, that was now going to LaRon Robinson, and that's not going to be a problem this year. LaRon Robinson is in the fantasy wasteland known as Jacksonville. But if you're looking for a, a couple of guys, a couple of sleepers, where you're really going to make your money, is going to be in the tight end position because if you see the Patriots They've got Gronkowski. They've got Aaron Hernandez. And yet they're still signing tight ends. You know, they're still showing how important this position is. It's like the the must-have accessory for NFL players. It's like the on-field version of an iPhone. Like, everybody's got to have one to be successful. And a guy like Jared Cook in Tennessee, he's going to be really good. Charles Clay in Miami, a guy who's converted from fullback to tight end. Miami's really impressed with him, he's going to be a – huge focal point of the offense that's a guy i'm going to be looking for david wilson the backup running back to Ahmad bradshaw with the new york giants he's going to be another guy to target it'll be interesting to see how the goal line carries come out because if they use wilson the same way they use brandon jacobs then he will be going in and taking goal line touches but still even even if he doesn't he's still going to be a good guy because they don't trust Ahmad bradshaw over the over the course of the season and he'll get you some good production
1: you know, over at NFL.com, Michael Fabiano, Dave Damashek, Matt Money, Smith, and yourself have some rankings up, and there's a couple interesting things in your specific rankings I wanted to ask you about. One is you are way down on Darren McFadden. You have McFadden 23rd, and no one else has him lower than 12. What is it about McFadden that maybe makes him a little bit of fantasy kryptonite for you?
0: Yeah, it's the same thing. of uh, I, I equate him to a Nicolas Cage movie. Like, it seems like a good idea, and then the execution is just awful. And you're like, yeah, it seemed like everybody's like, yeah, he should be good. The players think he should be a good running back. And, yeah, when he's healthy, he looks good. But there's been three out of four years where Darren McFadden just has not played. And, you know, and it's a problem with running backs is that everybody's got injury concerns. But it's amazing to me. Like, everybody's like, hey, you know, I'm going to rank him really high even though, you know, he played in only seven games last year. But then they give somebody like Ryan Matthews the tab of a, oh, he's an injury concern. He's had problems. Well, Ryan Matthews played in 14 games last year. He's not an injury. You know, I mean, he's not any more than anybody else. So it's the injuries. And I mean, if you're going to take a chance with a running back, you know what, I've got other choices. I would rather go with DeMarco Murray. I would rather go with you know, Matt Forte, somebody else who I feel is going to be a little bit more reliable. Darren McFadden, I just can't trust him.
1: You know, a guy on the wide receiver side that it seems like you're pretty down on is Steve Smith. You have him 25th. Uh, Michael Fabiano has him as high as 8, and the other guys are around the 12 13 range. Do you think Smith is running towards the end of his career in Carolina?
0: You know what? Dave, uh, Steve Smith is such a friend of the Dave Damashek football program, which is available on iTunes. Uh, yeah, I, you know what, I might make him my number one just because he's so cool and he's a friend of ours, sort of, you know, as as friendly as you can be with somebody who's, who's an NFL player and we're just a couple of guys doing a podcast. But I don't think that he's going to have – if you're drafting in a league where you've got to keep a guy for three years, four years, now I'm not going to make that kind of commitment to Steve Smith. But this is going to be a good Panthers team this season. I actually like the Panthers to go out, win the NFC South, I look for Steve Smith to go out and have another good year. Who's going to get all, who's going to, is Lewis Murphy really going to take all these, you know, touches away from him? I don't think it's going to be that big of a concern. I think he's ready to go, and I think he could be a solid wide receiver two, obviously, definitely wide receiver three for somebody.
1: Quick question about tight ends. You know, it seems like there's the, there's the two giants in Gronkowski and Graham, and then it seems like there's a little bit of drop off. There's another group, and it seems like there's another drop off. In terms of strategy, if you're not going to be the guy to pick up a Graham or a Gronkowski, how long are you going to wait this year for tight end? And maybe the same question applies for quarterback. If you're not going to get one of the top couple of guys, how long do you usually wait then?
0: You can usually wait towards you know 10th, 11th, 12th round, depending on the way it goes. You're going to have your top guys that, you're, you're, that are going to break out. You're talking to Rob Gronkowski, Jimmy Graham, Aaron Hernandez. Antonio Gates, Vernon Davis, guys like that, the familiar names are going to fall off. You know what? Those guys go. You don't get one of those guys. That's okay. There's going to be some other chances to fill your roster down the board with guys like Jacob Tammy, Kobe Fleener, guys who are going to be heavily involved in new offenses. Kobe Fleener, particularly interesting to me because he has the rapport with Andrew Luck. They're going to have a nice chemistry and a relationship. It's a little bit of an advantage, you know. So there's going to be a chance for you. Go back, and you know what? If that happens to you, yeah, just wait 10th or 11th round. Because I've been looking in a lot of the leagues that I'm doing. I've Depending on draft position, you know, if you're able to get the quarterback. So if you go running back early, let's say you have the number one pick, and you go, you know what? I'm going to go Lashawn McCoy. And then you're going to wait a couple of rounds for a quarterback Tony Romo, his average draft position has been the fourth round. So if you went LaShawn McCoy, a couple of receivers, Tony Romo, then you start filling it in with other receivers who you think can have a big impact in the later rounds of the draft. Guys like Eric Decker, who's going to come out and be the number one receiver in Denver. He, trust me, Eric Decker will be the Reggie Wayne of that Denver offense. Uh, Demarius Thomas, he'll, he'll be the Pierre Garçon, the guy who has a couple of really good games, but it'll be so hit and miss. Eric Decker is going to be your, your uh, consistent guy. And then you just start filling it in. And then when you get, I guess you could probably even do it as early as the ninth round. Jacob Tammy, boom. Kobe Fleener, he's good. You know, Jared Cook, you know, any of these guys. Get some of those high value or uh, one of those ADP bargains down around that, that that part of the draft.
1: Football Nation presents the Sportscasters here with Adam Rank, who you can follow on Twitter real simply by going to at Adam Rank. Also, NFL.com, all kinds of fantasy stuff on there, his draft rankings, uh, some blogs, and like we mentioned, the Dave Damoshek football program, which is available on iTunes to download over there. Um, Real quick uh, final thing. So people are coming to training camps, and before we know it, there's going to be a game. The Saints and the Cardinals, I believe, are playing in the Hall of Fame game, and the Cardinals, I think, already got into camp today, and the Saints will do the same tomorrow. What kind of things do you follow during training camp, what what are the interesting things that you're going to be watching, either from a fantasy perspective or just as a regular football fan? Like, What are the kind of things during the summer you'll be watching to see play out as teams get into training camp and start playing preseason games?
0: Yeah, I would like to, you know, say I was some sort of football snob and, you know, have some highbrow answer of, you know, I'm looking at this lineman. I'm looking at David DeCastro. I'm looking, listen, I can't. I'm going to be with everybody else. I'm going to be interested to see what Peyton Manny's going to do in Denver. Can he adjust? How long will it take him to become full strength? I'm going to be especially interested in the Tim Tebow circus in New York. What roles are they going to use him in? Is he going to really return kicks? That kind of stuff. And then I'm also going to follow what Lauren Tannehill's doing, just because, you know what, I'm a guy, <laughs> and that's what I do.
1: You know, the first time you were ever on one of our podcasts, we kind of talked about some potential business opportunities. And what we mentioned was (laughs) a television show that was dedicated entirely to car crashes. I'm wondering if we dropped the ball and maybe the, the best potential television channel is one dedicated to NFL players who get DUIs or DWIs. And I'm wondering if you have any idea of like, what would you do to try to solve the problem of all these NFL players who love to go and have fun and get liquored up and then drive themselves home at night? Like what can we do? Is there a potential business opportunity there? Maybe like limo service or television channel? How can we work this out for the players rank?
0: Yeah, I, I think I would set up a bail bond shop there at Ford Field in Detroit. Like, the, First of all, there's there's a great one. Uh, yeah, buying a bus, just being a chauffeur for these guys. Like, you know, I'll, I'll drive you somewhere or anything like that. The car chase channel, though, I still <laughs> – trust me, that, that's I, – I know I say I'm dropping the ball and everything. I'm in. I'm in on that. Like the car chase channel, I'm still kicking that around. I would love to do that. But I think maybe, you know, we could do an NFL version of Cops, you know, just – you know, a beat cop in Detroit to swallow him to see. You know, hey, look who we found this week. You know, and which which lion we're coming across, Cincinnati Bengals. And there's a lot of opportunities that we're missing. You know, with these with these players, I think it's actually there's um, there's some national host who has the idea of the, the the drunk bust of the of the guy who will just go on and be the chauffeur. And that's the one thing I I, I never get. Like, especially in this day and age, you know what? You're making so much money. How you don't call a cab? It's just beyond me. And I don't know. I think we're, we are missing. We are missing an opportunity here. We should come up with more of these. I should have been better prepared for you. I feel as though I'm letting you down. But you know, what? this is there's some there's definitely something there to investigate. All
1: right, Rank, thanks for joining us again. It's, it's at AdamRank on Twitter, all kinds of great stuff there. And we'll be looking forward to checking you out on the new, uh, the new television program, the uh, NFL AM, it's going to be called, right?
0: Yeah, NFL AM, that starts next Monday, uh, or, uh, July 30th. And like I said, I'll be on Wednesday or Wednesday or Friday. I don't know which one. I will confirm that on Twitter when it comes out. NFL Fantasy Live starts on August 13th. Uh, that'll be on NFL.com exclusively for the first couple of weeks. Then, when the season starts, that'll move to NFL Network. And as an added bonus, we're going to an hour this year, so that'll be cool. So uh, you'll have plenty of plenty of chances to see me.
1: All right, thanks, Rank. We'll talk to you
0: soon, Bud. All right, guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yep.
1: All right. I want to thank Adam Rank for being on the show today. Um, last thing, last piece of business for today. Well, before we get to that, don't forget you can email us at sportscasters at gmail.com. Please follow us on Twitter at sports underscore casters. And please follow Football Nation at FBallNation. Uh, don't forget to check out Season 2, Episode 28 of The Sportscasters, featuring interviews with Damon Hack, Dave Damoshek, and Sarah Kwok. HTTP colon slash slash www dot sports Casters dot com iTunes Stitcher Radio, and the last thing to do today is this week on Football Nation www dot footballnation dot com Don, what'd you pick out?
2: All right, my article this week is another list. I'm sure we'll uh, get away from some of these lists once the season starts, but this is an interesting one by Ryan Lulek L U L E K. He did the 2012 League's Scariest Offenses Power Rankings, and a we. Discussed a little bit off the air, but you're not going to like where the Saints are ranked. Uh, they are down at number eight. And that's wow. last year's number one offense, ranked eight. Which a is historic offense. Which is considering or interesting considering they lost nobody on offense, really. Meacham. Meacham. And Knicks. Was,
1: right. One-eyed men But uh Everyone else is back.
2: We, we discussed why there is the hatred for the Saints, especially considering that Breeze signed. And it's all about Sean Payton, I suppose. And I guess we'll just see how important coaching is. I just think that
1: they're they're prepared for it in a really strange, because of a strange circumstance. Last year, Coach Payton broke his leg on the sidelines in a game against Tampa Bay, and the setup that the Saints are going to have for most of the season this year was put into place last year. The Saints' offense was fine. So, I, yeah, I don't know. Now, Payton can have no I, I don't want to undersell it, but.
2: He can have no contact with the team, right? No, not in a football sense, I guess. Right. Okay, so I said they were at eight. Do you care to take a guess at who are the seven teams before them?
1: Well, the Packers have got to be one of them, right? Yes, they're number two. The Patriots have to be one of them. They have them them. at number one. Um, The Lions have to be one. Number five. Um,
2: Then it gets funny. The Giants? No. I'm just going to – I did good. The other one you might Houston? guess. No. No? Uh, the Eagles are number four. Actually, I skipped one. The 49ers at number three. Okay. That's,
1: that's counting a lot on Moss. Yeah. Moss have to be a really good player for that to happen.
2: And Gore to have a decent year with Brandon Jacobs. And they got Manningham. And so The Saints are in a better offense than the 49ers. They're in a lot, the Saints are in a lot of trouble. Right, because the 49ers are a much better defense. Uh, you said or the Philadelphia Eagles at number four. Beck maybe sure uh the Detroit Lions maybe the Atlanta Falcons uh yeah maybe. the
1: Falcons are better than them they're in trouble again
2: sure and the Chicago Bears Oof.
1: so a lot of assumptions there in terms of
2: Cutler and I'm Marshall surprised and
1: I've I thought for sure you'd name a bunch of AFC teams with the Saints being at eight. I'm surprised how many NFC teams are ahead of them
2: yeah they have Baltimore at nine the Giants at 10 who's dead last Jaguars that last is Minnesota. Minnesota? I, it'd be a little bit tough to argue with that. Although. Who are the last three? Minnesota, Cleveland, Indianapolis.
1: Okay. I probably would have put Cleveland behind Minnesota, at least.
2: Then Tennessee, who a lot of people are kind of hot on this year. Miami, Oakland, St. Louis. Jacksonville's at 25. Uh, I know you like St. Louis more than that. Boy, I got to think that Oakland would be better than that, too. You have to hope so, anyway. They they gave up a lot to get Carson Palmer, and if he can't make them better than the 27th-ranked offense in the league, I mean, that's going to look like a worse trade than it already is. But, again, we're on the lists, and... Uh, Only a couple more weeks of this kind of stuff. Yeah, they're good, they're good talking points, they're good to argue about, but we need some we need some substance, NFL. I'm ready for the season. My Football Nation
1: article this week is by Jeff Sperber. It's got a thing called Superchart, um, and... Over the last bunch of weeks, he's done Super Chart that for cool. each division and one for the AFC, one for the NFC. You can actually like Super Chart on Facebook, which is kind of cool. No, oh. and um, the NFL one is out, which is full of cool things like predictions, who has fast starts, who has slow starts, top twenty-five players, preseason power rankings, predictions for the playoffs. Um, I I won't totally spoil it, but his Super Bowl is. Uh, will play really well in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> he does not have the Bills or the Saints in the playoffs, which would be disappointing for both of us. Worst team in the league, he's got two, two and 2-14s in the Redskins and the Vikings. A lot of people down on the Vikings this year. Um guess we can understand why. Um, says that the Bengals should get off to a fast start. Broncos off to a slow start. Uh, On the opposite, because of that fast start for the... Check out the Bengals, kind of like their beginning and end. Their first five games are against the Ravens, Browns, Redskins, Jaguars, and Dolphins. So maybe 4-1 and there, right? Their last five games to finish, Chargers, Cowboys, Eagles, Steelers, Ravens. So really tough. Bengals will have to get off. To a fast start. Yeah. Don, which team do you think Superchart says is the hottest cheerleaders? Miami. Correct. I would have thought Dallas, but no argument with Miami. Is
2: that because of their Call Me Maybe video? Did you see that? Oh,
1: I heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't have a Call Me Maybe video at this point? We don't have one yet. We'll have to get an Yeah, official. the sportscaster's Call Me Maybe video. <laughs> Let's go work on it. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to Adam Rank. Let's go to California. We'll be back next week.